much for joining us today on episode number 134 of the Real Life Runners podcast. Today we're going to be talking about adjusting your training plan. Maybe you've gotten sick, bogged down at work, you stay out late with friends, maybe you just need an off day. Possibly there's a pandemic that's just making running easier or more difficult. Maybe your race was canceled. What happens when we need to adjust our plan? This is the Real Life Runners Podcast, and we're your hosts, Kevin and Angie Brown. Thanks for spending some time with us today. Now let's get running. Okay, so today we're talking about adjusting the plan, adjusting life, adjusting your training plan, just how to adjust when things don't go as planned. Yeah, you took my joke. My joke of like, hey, maybe maybe you you know you need an extra off day. Maybe you were spending the night out with friends. Maybe there's a (laughs) giant pandemic sweeping the the world. Sweeping the world, a world pandemic going on that's canceling everything, um, basically canceling life as we know it. And so, what are we to do? Right, like when our race gets canceled, a lot of people sign up for races as a source of motivation. They want to make sure that they're running so they sign up for a race and then they come up with a plan or they download a plan online and they follow that plan so that they can get to race day and that is like their main source of motivation so if your race gets canceled what happens and I think that this is a place where a lot of runners find themselves right now I know that a lot of people that we've spoken to are struggling with this like what can I do right now or what am I supposed to do mentality yeah what am I supposed to do is a big one Mm -hmm. not even like what do I do because people are like, well, I, mean, I guess I could keep running, but why? Yeah. Where's the motivation? And I mean, we had a whole episode on like why running is important. And part of it is that it, it probably goes deeper than that race. Well, it like, should go deeper than that race, but it doesn't always, like people aren't always there yet. Right. Well, a lot of people haven't taken the time to figure out why it is deeper than that race, mm-hmm. which is why when you tend to cross the finish line, whether it was a PR or not a PR, you're still looking for the next race because you want that feeling of satisfaction mm-hmm. that you thought crossing that finish line was going to give you. Right. But crossing whatever finish line is not giving you that sense of satisfaction. There's there's more than that. Right. And before we get into this episode where we're going to be talking about all of the ways that we can adjust our plan, we just want to remind you that if you are listening to this live on the day that it is released, which is April 2nd of 2020, we currently have enrollment open for our signature program, the Real Life Runners Training Academy. It is only open this week. So we are closing the doors for enrollment on Friday, April 3rd. So if you want to check that out, go over to your running plan. We've got all of these lessons for you to to teach you about mindset, finding your why for running, to try to give you that inner drive so that you don't have to worry about motivation anymore. You just become a runner. You become the person in the runner that you want to be. And then there's so much more too. Like we teach you all effort level training, running form, breathing, strength training, mobility, recovery, nutrition, the seven pillars of becoming a real life runner. All of that is within the program, as well as training plans for all race distances. And even if you're not training for a race right now, we've got plans made for you. Right, which is part of what we're going to actually talk about in this episode is what do you do if you're not training for a race? Mm -hmm. Well, there's plans that exist for that. There's plans for what happens between races. There's plans for what happens if, you know, you just finished a race and you just sort of You need a little downtime, but you don't want to just stop training entirely. It's called a down cycle, and most people don't really quite understand how to make that work. So there's plans for it. Right, Well, and there's plans that we've created for it because we found that this was really an area where there was a major void in the market. There was... There's training plans that you can get anywhere. There's all sorts of online coaches. You can download free plans anywhere. But what about those times in between plans, those base buildings, the down cycle, like all of those times when you don't necessarily have a race on the calendar, but you still want to either maintain or even improve your fitness. What do you do then? Because you probably don't want to have to figure it out yourself. I know a lot of people that we've talked to don't have confidence in you know their ability to create a training plan for themselves. So we've taken that guesswork out for you and created all of these training plans for you. Well, yeah, I mean, a big part of that is the confidence thing about like, well, how how would I even know what to do? Mm-hmm. Like, should I should I do a workout on 
on a Tuesday? Should I do two workouts a week, one workout a week? Like what, mm-hmm. what exactly am I supposed to do? And then if you're not confident in, in whatever your plan is, it's really easy to come up with an excuse to not follow that plan. Totally. Like then the excuses just are, just start flowing. Right. And then there's the, the questions of, well, how do I add in strength training? Am I supposed to do speed workouts, easy workouts, long runs, strength training, mobility work? We have all of that planned out completely for you in our real life runners training academy. The plans include all of that they include your long runs your easy runs your speed work your strength training your mobility like literally we say do this many repetitions of this exercise on this day like this is the circuit like you just have to follow the plan and you will get results so talking about adjusting for your plan if you want to join again that website is yourrunningplan.com go sign up today enrollment closes this Friday, April 3rd. So if something does come up, say you are following a training plan and things come up, what are we supposed to do to adjust? Well, it kind of depends on what, what it is that comes up. Because some of the things that we brought up, like maybe maybe you got sick and you missed a day. Maybe you were bogged down at work and and you didn't get a run in for like a day or two. Like right. there's the short-term adjustments that you you missed a day or you know that you're not going to be able to go on like Thursday so you have to kind of move some things around. Mm-hmm. And there's there's ways to deal with that. And then, I mean there's like the the big picture goal of like don't put two hard days back to back. Like there's that. We've said that repeatedly before. Right. So today we're going to go over how to adjust in the short term like if you miss like a day or two. We're going to talk about longer term issues like if you get sick for like a week or more or if like life gets in your way and you just like miss a chunk of your plan what to do and then we're also going to talk about life overhaul right like a global pandemic like what do we do when things just completely go off the chain off the rocker what do we do then so let's start off with these short-term adjustments so if if you maybe just miss a day or two here or there what do we do then well, I think one of the biggest things um, is figuring out what it is that you missed and what the point of that was. So if you missed a speed day, then you got to figure out like, oh, well, should I try and put another speed day back mm-hmm. in? Maybe you could put just strides on the end of another day. Like if you have two speed work sessions during the week and you miss one of them for whatever reason, could you just put strides on another day and then still hit your second speed work? Mm -hmm. You know, that way you're still getting that boost of speed. You're still getting some fast twitch muscle work, but you don't have to try and like squeeze that workout into another day because trying to like just take that day and make it happen another time during the week, there's only so many days to work with. Right. And I think that for the most part, you can go by the rule, like especially if it's just one day, you can pretty much just miss it, skip it, and it's not going to affect you that much. Like I think that a lot of runners are under the mindset and the mentality of like, oh my God, like I have to do this workout. Like it's in my plan. I have to do it. I can't miss it. So now I have to like completely overhaul everything to try to fit it in somewhere. And that's usually just not the case. Like one workout, one one run is really not that big of a deal if you're looking at running in the the big picture, the long term, like your whole race cycle or whatever cycle you're in right now, if it's a down cycle, it's mostly most of the time it's not a big deal. And like Kevin said, like if you do have two workouts that you're doing per week, like maybe you have two speed work workouts that you're doing per week. You can choose one. Like if you say you do your speed work on Tuesday and Thursday and you miss Tuesday for some reason and you can basically there's on Thursday do the workout that's planned for Thursday or you could probably do your Tuesday workout on Thursday if you like that one better. I'm pretty sure I gave that to one of our clients the other week. I'm like, because uh, her, her schedule was crazy and yeah. she's like, there's no way I can get into workouts this week. I'm like, cool. I'm going to put both of them on Thursday mm-hmm. and you can choose which one seems more entertaining to you. Yeah, exactly. Because like, both of them are going to basically hit the same system so pick one of them that Mm -hmm. seems like it's going to be satisfying for you exactly and so you can choose there like or again you can just skip like you don't have to worry necessarily about fitting everything in Um, if you only have one workout a week if you miss your speed workout you can replace an easy day with a speed day as long as it's not back to back with another hard day or with your long day I think that's key the long run is another interesting one that people get bogged down on. Like, totally. oh, what if I miss my long run? Yeah. Like, what if I'm in a marathon buildup and I miss my long run? Mm-hmm. Oh, no, I was supposed to go 20 miles this weekend and I can't go 20. So now I'll never possibly be able to race 26 miles. 
Right, but like there's also the the question of like say you're miss you're 18, like can you go from 16 to 20 safely too? You know, like if you miss that 18 in there, there's a lot of questions about what to do. Like do you then forget the 20 and just do the 18 or do you push the 20 back like because that's usually later in the marathon cycle, so then how do you make that up? Yeah, and it depends on the person. It depends on your experience of running. Right. Like, if you've already run multiple marathons, you don't need to get to 20. Mm -hmm. Like, that's not this magic number that as soon as you hit a training run of 20, then you automatically can make it to the finish line. Mm -hmm. Like... You already know you can make it to the finish line if you've done multiple marathons. Right. You right. have that endurance built into yourself. So 18 could be totally sufficient. Um, you know, if you go to 16, jumping from 16 to 20 is a lot. You could do it. Some people, they hit 16 and they're like, I felt fine. And then something came up and they missed their 18 and then they were, they, they could totally just jump right up and do a 20 mm -hmm. and they'd be completely fine. Other people, it, they, they just need more of a gradual buildup. Like it goes 16 and then a 17 and then an 18. Like they need a longer, slower buildup because mm -hmm. that's how their body accommodates to it. Right. So then, no, I would not at all jump from 16 to 20. That seems crazy. Maybe take that from 16 to 18 and do some, some good mental work and some relaxation techniques and convince yourself not on the run that you in fact can make it from an 18 mile training run to a 26 mile race. Mm -hmm. Cause you already have to convince yourself if the farthest you've ever run is 20, you already have to stand there on the starting line and tell yourself, don't worry, I've got that extra 10 K no problem. Right. Like that it's already a built in that you didn't, you never ran the full distance if it's your first marathon. Mm -hmm. And if it's not your full marathon, your first marathon, then no, you definitely don't need to get all the way to 20. If you've already done it before, then you don't really don't need to. Yeah. I mean, I think for like optimal training, is this going to be your fastest one ever? You're really gunning for a PR? Then right. Sure. You, you could probably ramp the miles up. But at that point, I don't think that you probably have one 20 mile training run mm -hmm. in your in your plan to begin with. Right. And it just depends on the person. Like so much of this is very individual, individual that like you can't just put one sweeping statement over it. Well, oh, well, if you miss the one long run, then this is exactly how you should modify the plan. <laughs> like, there just isn't that. Like, because there's so many factors that go into it. Like, why did you miss it? Like, should you... Okay, so here's a question then, Kev. Like, should you increase the mileage during the week then to try to, like, make up the weekly mileage if for some reason you're missing that long run? No. No. No, because you're you're not getting the same benefit from just adding extra miles onto each run. Mm -hmm. Like the long, slow run has benefits mm -hmm. that physical and mental. Yeah, physical and mental, and mm -hmm. you're not getting those by turning like a five into a seven in the middle of the week is not going to work. It if like, well, if I can do ten instead of twenty, and then I spread those extra ten miles throughout the entire week, mm -hmm. no, you're, you're not getting. None of them are a really long run. Okay, but at the same time, like you're if 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 we're going by the ten percent rule, okay, which sure. which we've talked about in previous episodes is not always accurate, but it is a safe guideline to go with especially if you're training yourself right okay okay so say you know for some reason that you're like your family's going to disney world and you can't hit that long run that weekend so if you do spread the mileage out over the week like true you're not getting the same exact benefits of that long run but your weekly mileage then isn't such a jump like if you just completely miss 18 miles uh, on excellent. your training plan right like then like then your weeks are totally off, like yeah. your mileage for the weeks. Yeah, you make a really good point there. Then you're not going to have this like super down mileage week. And then is it safe to jump all the way back up the next week? Right. To go O out of 18 over the weekend mm -hmm. is going to put a substantial ding on your overall mileage. Right, because I mean, depending on what your total mileage is, if you're only running 40 miles per week or 50 miles per week, like say, say you're running 40, that's almost half almost of half. your mileage for the week that you're yep. missing out on. Yeah, and so in that case, Yes, sprinkling some of that, those miles into the other runs mm -hmm. will help generally keep your overall mileage up so it's not it's not so shocking to the body. Yeah. Like, you're not getting the physical or mental benefits of the long run. Correct. But your body's just going to get really confused if your mileage goes from being like 40, 40, 40, 20, 40. Yeah. Like, I like to have the down weeks periodically. Mm -hmm. um, and if you know that you're going to have like a vacation set up at some point, you're going to miss your long run. I try and set that up for a down week anyway. Mm -hmm. Like even in my own training cycles, I go, uh, what was it for Jacksonville? I hit like 18, 18, and then I would pull back and hit like a 12. Mm -hmm. So like 
there's there's a pullback week right. in there. And so if you can try and plan around that, that's helpful. But it's when it's the unplanned missed long run mm-hmm. that gets a little tricky. Right, because pulling back for like four to six miles is a lot different than like missing an 18-miler. Right, right. So then you can you can build some of those miles into, into the runs throughout the week. Okay. It's just going to have a little bit different effect. Right. Okay, and then what about strength training? Okay, like if you miss a strength day, like if depending on what your plan looks like, how many running days you've got, how many strength days you've got, what your strength days look like, can you just skip it or should you stack it with another running day? Like I would say stack it on top of a speed day mm-hmm. and make it make that like a all hard day. Hard and days then, hard. Yeah, make your hard day really hard. Mm-hmm. Don't be like, oh well, I'll just put this one next to it. If you're not used to having a hard day followed by a strength day or a strength day followed by a speed day, that then that's going to be a whole new twist to your body. Like mm-hmm. if normally you go speed Tuesday, strength Wednesday, speed Thursday, that's cool. You're great. You're mm-hmm. fine. You're used to having that plan. Yeah. Um, in general, if you if you miss a strength day, if you're not used to the strength, if strength is kind of a newer thing for you, I'd suggest just come back on the next week. Mm-hmm. Um, if you really want to get it in there, stack it on top of a speed day. Yeah, and again, this depends on you. This depends on how comfortable you are with strength training. Is it a new thing? Is it something that you've been doing for a while? Do you have enough time in your schedule to do both a running workout and a strength workout? Like that's another question. Um, one thing I could suggest also would be if you have a speed workout and maybe – you missed your strength day, instead of doing three rounds of the circuit that you're supposed to do or four rounds, like depending on what is going on, maybe just do one round of it. Like that way you're still getting some strengthening benefits of it. You're still activating those muscles. You're still kind of waking them up and targeting those muscles. Are you getting the full benefits of doing like three to four rounds of that strength circuit? No, you're not. Okay. But you could still be getting some benefit and some is better than none. Right. I mean, this is the whole episode here is about adjusting. It's about not going, not just completely missing things. It's how to, how to adjust and how to make the best Mm -hmm. of the situation. Right. Because a lot of people, when they do miss something, you could literally choose to go two different ways. You could be like, oh, well, throw your hands up in the air and be like, oh, well, I guess I can't do anything. Or you could say, okay, well, I've got 10 minutes. How many rounds could I get in of this workout in this time? Right. You know, you do the, do the best you can with the, the hands that you're, the cards that you're dealt. There you go. Um, one of the other things is to know the general purpose of, of your training week or mm-hmm. your, your cycle that you're in. Like, are you currently trying to build mileage? Well, if you miss a speed day and you're trying to build mileage, that's going to be okay. Mm-hmm. Just keep building your mileage. Like, are you really focused on your speed? Cut the long run at the end of the week and put your speed work where that long run is supposed to be. It's Mm -hmm. still a hard day. It's still going to work out perfectly. So figure out what it is that you're actually trying to work with. Building power, building strength. Is it a recovery cycle? Oop, did you miss a strength day or a speed day? What turns out you're in like this massive recovery phase. Maybe you were supposed to miss that strength day or that speed day. Maybe everything got stacked up against you in life and and it forced an off day because it was trying to tell you your recovery cycle is not full-blown recovery. Right, exactly. So essentially, like your goal for that cycle will essentially guide you into what kind of adjustment you need to make that time. Like, so you determine the trade-off. Like, are you going to give up your mileage for speed work? Are you going to give up your speed work for mileage? Are you going to give up your running day for extra strength or vice versa? So it depends on what you're going for. And if you're in our training academy, again, we have those plans. Like some of them are get stronger plans. Like there are people that need to rehab from injury. And so the goal is more to build up that muscle strength to then support you as a runner in the future. So it's okay to miss a running day so that you can get that extra strength session in to build those muscles up so that you can hit those goals in the future. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's kind of the biggest thing is if you know the point of what you're doing over the course of the, of the month or the couple of months cycle that you're in, that drives it. That, Mm -hmm. that's the, the determining factor of which direction you go with. What, because you're missing something, you know, you're going to miss something off the 
there. The plan's going to need a, a tweak along the way. Figure out what the point of the plan is and, and make that your focus of how you adjust. Exactly. So those are some good tips and tricks for how to adjust in the short term. If you have any questions, always feel free to email us. Now we're going to move now into more longer term issues, okay? So like what if you miss a whole week of your training plan? Like what if you get injured? What if you get sick? What if work just gets insane? What if you're going on vacation? Like what do we do in those like longer periods of time that kind of disrupt our training? All right, so in this case, I would say that you need to figure out where your starting point is again. Mm. Because if you're coming off of a really substantial break, like a week you're going to need to pull back maybe like 25% in your mileage. And then, you know, it's going to feel not perfect when you come back, but it's mm-hmm. going to be okay. But if you've missed a chunk of time, how, how big is a chunk? Uh, two to three weeks. Okay. Like if you're at like that three week point, you're really pushing it of like whether you're maintaining and, and still hanging on to a lot of that mm-hmm. uh, stamina and endurance that you've built up over time. Right. And it's funny because when you, you start coming back, you'll have days where like the legs feel great and you can't breathe. And you'll have days that like your breathing feels fine and your legs are just like, all right, cool that you can breathe up there because we're led down here. Oh my gosh, it's so true. Eventually, both of them start working and you're back to the place where you were before, but it takes some time. You know, if you're down for three to four weeks, it's definitely going to take some time to come back. And I think this is what happens with a lot of people. If they hit a race and they don't have another one on their, t- on their schedule, they can go into this floating period for a little while. I mean, you've done that before. I've totally done this. Yeah. And then you after try and come back. After a lot of your major marathons. Yeah. And I mean, a lot of people do this after a marathon. It's like, I trained so hard for this thing. I deserve a little bit of recovery. Mm-hmm. And then I deserve recovery turns into, eh, I don't really feel like going for a run that day. Yeah. And it just kind of... it it can extend itself. And if it goes too far, then you've got to find your new starting point, Mm -hmm. which is usually at least a 50% reduction in volume. See, I think that this is really a good thing for people to hear too, like that you also have experienced this even recently too. Like after your Jacksonville marathon in January, like Kevin ran the Jacksonville marathon like January 5th or 6th, I think it was like that first weekend of January. And then he naturally builds in like a one to two week of downtime, like rest days and like minimal to no lots, running. Lots of rest lots for of like rest. two weeks, which yeah, is like fantastic. Minimal to no running. Like you, it depends on like kind of what, what happens. But, and then the, the issue with this, this, the timing of this race was that you had track season start. That like, started two weeks after the Jacksonville Marathon right. because it was marathon, two weeks of school, and then track season started right mm-hmm. after Martin Luther King holiday. Exactly. So. And so when track season starts, Kevin's schedule just like goes crazy. Like he's just going from the time he wakes up until, you know, and then he gets home and then it's dad time, it's family time, it's dinner, bedtime you know, all of that stuff. And if he doesn't get up and run first thing in the morning, it's just not going to happen that day, most likely. Yeah, it's it, it really can't. So when both of us are trying to work our training schedules together, there's days that we trade off that that is your running morning. There's mm-hmm. days that are my running morning. And I mean, I've determined this a couple of years ago. I can't just get up earlier. Yeah. Like, oh, if it's your running morning, well, that'll be fine. I'll just wake up at 3.30 and go for my run and mm. I'll sleep eventually. No, yeah. Like that doesn't work for me. That led to the hospital visits. Like that's not a good training not plan. Not a good plan. So, and neither is, well, I'll come home at like eight o'clock because I'll have track practice and then I'll do my own run and then I'll just grab something for dinner and I don't know, maybe I'll see the girls next week. Like mm-hmm. that's, that's not an option for me also. Well, because of your priorities, like right. the family is your priority. So right. you understand. I understand where that falls. There's, it goes back to the first thing. Like there's a trade-off, you know, earlier we said, are you trying to build up mileage? Are you trying to build up speed? Well, there's a trade-off with running in family also. And I refuse to put my training substantially above spending time with my family. Mm -hmm. Like I just won't do it. I do most of my running before the girls get up, Right. you know, on like weekend long runs. Sure. Maybe they'll be up by the time I get back from my run, but I started pretty early. So they're still sleeping for most of it. Mm -hmm. Exactly. So, you know, when you do miss a chunk of time, like Kevin's talking about, like two to three weeks, you have to reduce your mileage to kind of figure out where that starting point is again. So how, what's the best way to kind of reevaluate that starting point? 
Well, I suggest starting around like 50% of whatever volume you got up to last time. So you were saying like, maybe you were in marathon training, you were like 40 to 50 miles. You could safely start in that like 20 to 25 range. Now, do you base that off of like the peak of that cycle or like the end of that cycle? Well, I mean, you're probably going to taper a little bit towards the end of it. So roughly off of your peak, um, because most training plans that you find out there, they hit their like maximum volume like two to three weeks before the race, right. which is weird because most professionals hit their like maximum volume two to three months before their race. Really? Yeah. Like most, most of these training plans have this massive base building section hmm. and then the like two months beforehand, the volume is reduced and then it tapers down to like really streamline them right into the race. But their peak volume, it's not like... You know, elite professional marathon runners have to build up to their 26 miles in the last couple of weeks so they know they can do it. Like, they're hitting week after week. Well, their volume is so high anyway, though. Yeah, their volume is so high anyway, but that's because they're able to hit these 20-plus mile runs every single weekend. Right, but then, you know, when you're looking at an elite that's running 100 to 120 miles per week, that's a lot different than real-life runners that are running, like, 40 to 50 in right. a marathon buildup. Right. I'd still argue that if you spent time on a base building block and were able to get your volume to a pretty high level, then your marathon or your half marathon training plan would be a whole different level of of enjoyment, a whole mm-hmm. different level of possibility. Like how many training plans do you find in books or online or whatever that says, all right, how to run a half marathon, start at five miles on, on your weekend long run. Mm. And it builds it up to 13, two weeks before your half. And then the week before is down to six. Mm. And then it's your, your half marathon. Right. Because most people are out there and they can generally run a lot of people. A lot of runners out there can run somewhere in the three to five miles. Mm-hmm per day. And so if they want to run a half, it has to start in that range and then build up from there. And I've, I've made those plans. We have those plans. We in our have academy. those plans, but right. what would your training look like if you started your 12 week marathon training block already able to run 15? Yeah. That'd be a whole different like finish line possibility. Totally. And I think that, again, that goes back to those goals. Like what is your goal just to finish or is your goal to actually hit a time? Is your goal to BQ? Is it to PR? Like what is your goal? And I think that's where all of this kind of is leading to. And this is one thing that you've made me realize too is that like even if I'm not specifically training for a race like last year I I was kind of floating but I still maintained that long run like I still was at that point where I was still maintaining around 10 ish you know give or take any given weekend like I was still maintaining that long run so that when I did jump into a half marathon training plan I could do more like I could ramp up like I, I went up to 14 in my last cycle because I was already at that point where I could you know so and I can throw in speed work during my long run and and make it a more dynamic type of plan to focus on my race pace and my goal pace and my goals for that race versus just being able to hit the mileage right and so many plans are out there that the entire purpose of the plan is simply to be able to build your long run up Mm -hmm. so that you feel as though you can actually cross the finish line right and there's so much more to running than just being able to cross the finish line Mm -hmm. like they're just they're is and it's so much more entertaining if you if you have the ability to put in all sorts of different variety and nuance and and it can get a whole lot more interesting and that's part of the the benefit of doing maintenance plans and base building types of plans because then it's looking at your running journey as a whole like it's not just looking at this race or this cycle it's looking at okay I've been training this way for the past three years now how am I going to attack this race like with all of this base that I've already built yeah it's uh it's all a perspective it's all a matter of like what is your goal what's the next goal what's the big picture goal so Mm -hmm. many people um and it's kind of getting a little bit ahead of ourselves but so many people all they do is focus on the next race without trying to actually figure out like what is my actual big goal what do i want to do with my running Mm -hmm. what how far could I get myself if I wasn't always just worried about that race in a month, Mm -hmm. that race in two months. Right. Um, but I just, I kind of wanted to wrap up this like 
if, if you miss the three to four weeks, like yeah. what do you do and how do you get back safely? Right. There's one more chunk that we really need to address. And that's what, what if you have a near ish term race? Like yes. if you have a race that you're training for, say you're in a 12 week training plan for a half marathon and you miss a two to three week chunk of that because you get the flu or yes. you get COVID, you know what I mean? Yes. Like hopefully nobody that's listening to this has, ha- has that, um, you know, and we're obviously saying, um, lots of prayer to keep all, all of our everyone in our community safe and healthy. But what if you miss that two to three week chunk in the middle of a race cycle? Right. So then it's a matter of like, how much did you miss? Like, are you completely, absolutely nothing? Like, are you so sick that you could get no physical activity? Maybe you need to adjust the goals for that upcoming race. Yeah. Like, should you still run the race? Should that race not just be like a training run for a future race? Mm-hmm. Should maybe you can actually defer? Like a lot of the bigger races will let you defer your entry fee to the next year. Mm-hmm. You know, that's a that's a total possibility. Yeah, that's an option. Um, or you know, if down here sometimes hurricane season rolls upon us and you literally just can't run for a week mm-hmm. but you can still work out you're still inside the house and you can still do strength and you can still maybe get to a gym and get onto a treadmill and stuff and you can do some things that maintain a some level of fitness it's just not like totally spot on what you would do with your training plan right so then you you still need to sort of adjust the goals you're still trying to figure out what you can do there's stories of like, you know, the super athletes that they they're, they broke their ankle and so they had to spend a month just on swim stuff mm-hmm. and they came back to dry ground two weeks before the Boston Marathon and they still ran like a crazy ridiculous top 10 finishing time. Yeah. You can maintain a huge amount of your fitness flipping to some form of cross training. Mm-hmm. But if you're like super sick or got overwhelmed with work or good lord my senior year in college where i signed up for the chicago marathon (laughs) and then i had a giant engineering project that i had to get done so i basically ran four times in the four weeks leading up to the marathon yeah not that's not four times per week that's four times total yeah I had a, I had a run, and then there were three five k cross country uh, intramural races that yep. we did. That was it. So I had like nine miles of running in the month leading up to it. Not ideal. <laughs> no, and so I I had to adjust my goals. I had to be like, all right, so the goal is crossing the finish line. And like mm-hmm. that was that was the plan. It was a little different than than what the plan was. You know, a month before that, before mm-hmm. that engineering project dropped on me, and I. I probably should have seen it coming, but um, <laughs> but I didn't. And it was like, oh, wow, I'm, I'm not sleeping very much. I really can't run very much. I've got to get this work done. And the, the big answer is you have to adjust that goal and realize that there will be more races. Yes, for sure. Okay, so short-term goals we've covered. Some of those like medium-term um, disruptions in our training we've covered. What about life overhaul? Like maybe something totally different came up. Maybe you got a new job. Maybe you just had a new baby. Like what happens when something crazy totally overhauls what's going on in your running life? All right, one, I want to start on a positive, which is, is kind of a funny one because it, it's the personal one for us here, mm-hmm. is maybe a new racing opportunity pops up and it kind of sounds like fun. Okay. Maybe your wife is Uh-oh. on the phone with her friends. I have no idea what he's talking about. And there's a half marathon that happens tomorrow. Oh. <laughs> and apparently there's a relay version of it that you could do. Uh-huh. And before you know it, suddenly you're signed up for a co-ed relay race the <laughs> next morning while you're in the middle of a marathon training cycle. How do you handle that situation? <laughs> Are you speaking from experience? So here's the thing. A medium distance race is a really solid replacement for a long run. Do you remember what... Okay, so this actually happened to us, clearly. Like, you probably have picked up on that. This did happen um, the weekend after Thanksgiving this year. So Kevin had his Jacksonville Marathon, like, the first weekend of January. So this was about... Six weeks before your race, I think. Yeah. Like it was, it was the end of whatever the last weekend of November is. Five or six weeks out. Okay. And I decided I wanted to do a half marathon relay and being the wonderful supportive husband that he is, he said, okay, to doing it with me. So he would have to run essentially a a half of a half marathon. So like six and a half. Yes. I think your leg was like 6.6. Mine was like 6.7. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah. So what, do you remember what you were supposed to do that weekend? 
Mm, I think 16 miles. Really? I'm pretty okay. sure. All right. So, so then what did you do? I, I ran six and a half miles. I ran... But you ran the warm-up and the cool-down also. I ran a little bit of a longer warm-up. Okay. Um, but the warm-up was... But you was, still had our girls, too. This was the thing, is yeah. the warm-up was weird. So what ended up happening is normally I do a long run on on a Sunday and I mm-hmm. do a decent run on Saturday anyway, just mm-hmm. to get my, my overall volume to, to what I want it to be. So I think that race actually was on Saturday. It was Saturday. on Saturday. Yeah. So then my Sunday run, my Sunday run ended up being longer than I would have gone on Saturday. Like Saturday was supposed to be like seven and I made Sunday into like a 10. So I got extra miles off of that. Instead of running a 16 mile long run, I raced six and a half. Mm -hmm. I didn't race it as hard as I could possibly race six and a half. Mm -hmm. At the same time, I wanted to win and (laughs) I was leg two. So I knew how far ahead, like the people that I was trying to catch, like I'm, I'm watching the relay exchanges go and I'm like, okay, that was just a co-ed relay that handed off. Like that was like, I saw the two guys hand off and I'm like, I don't think I can catch that guy from behind, but I might be able to catch that guy from behind and I can totally catch her from behind. Like I was, I was playing this out cause I, I, I show up to win. Yeah. So that's, that's how this is happening. And, uh, so I just, I had to adjust it, but I had the second leg and I had the girls with me. So I normally would have done like a three mile warm up and like a three or four mile cool down, but I got in a little bit of a warm up and a little bit of a cool down, and right. then I just made my Sunday long my Sunday run a little bit longer than it would have been. Well, you said it would have been like a sixteen, so but you didn't you didn't go longer, right? But I flipped my Saturday Sunday, so okay. my Saturday would have been like seven. I made it like ten and put it on Sunday, and then instead of doing a sixteen, I moved it and had like speed of six. So I had a lot okay. of speed going that week. A lot because I already did on two speed workouts that week. Yeah, and that was kind of the negative of me telling you this the day before the race because right. you couldn't adjust like the rest of your week. You're like, Angie, I just did like a hard speed workout. I'm like, it's fine. Like, you don't have to run as hard as you can. We just want to go do it for fun. And I think I had and done we'll like... probably win anyway because you're ridiculous. <laughs> I think I had done like 20 by a quarter two days before. Yeah, you you had done like some serious <laughs> like a really speed hard work. one because that was like part of the peak of your training plan too. <laughs> yeah. You know, like what, that's what you were talking about, how you kind of peak it about a month ahead of time. Yeah. Like that yeah, was, like, I was this... like six weeks out. My week was yeah. really, really high volume <laughs> and I like crushed this quarter workout. And then you're like, hey, you know, it would be fun tomorrow morning. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thank goodness he's such a good sport. So if you decide that you want to do a, a race because, you know, somebody convinces you to do it or maybe it just seems fun to you you can replace like a long run with like a harder medium speed race distance so like if you were scheduled for a longer run you could do a 10k or a half marathon you know to to kind of replace a long run in right. that I mean, situation and a 10k is really phenomenal prep work like a 10k is a great workout as a half marathon prep yeah for like sure it really is just a phenomenal workout um i would suggest pulling some of the speed out of that week so that if you're normally used to doing two if you speed had enough work, of a of a heads notice. up on that one yeah <laughs> like if you normally have two speed workouts move one of them, like get rid of one of them. If you really like doing two speed workouts, turn one of them into just a handful of strides and then keep the second workout and then do the extra speed on the weekend as the race. Mm -hmm. Or you can adjust the back week. So if you end up now, you've got two speed workouts and a a race over the weekend, then the next week probably shouldn't have two speed workouts. Just put one into that one to sort of accommodate and let your body recover a Mm -hmm. little bit from it. Yeah, exactly. And then again, you have to set appropriate expectations for those races as well. Yes, I did not train PR in the 10K. You PR'd in the 10K I that did. day. Yeah, and, and thank you for that. <laughs> because it, because of you adjusting your week, that allowed me to have fun and go ahead and PR that day. Right, and I mean, it was it was a whole heck of a lot of fun. It was mm-hmm. fun to run a relay. It really was, and it was fun to win, too. Yes. We did come in first, so that satisfied your need to win races. I caught that lady from behind. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So that's kind of like if something just kind of pops up out of nowhere. But what about your race disappearing? I think this is one thing that a lot of people are experiencing right now. If your race just gets canceled, then what? 
Yeah, so there's a couple options. One, you could continue your plan, Yeah. Um, which a lot of people try to do. They're like, I'm trying to stick to my plan, but mm-hmm. I don't have a lot of motivation because there's no finish line. Right. And, you know, a lot of the races are like, well, we'll do a virtual and we'll still email you your medal. And it's it's different. Mm-hmm. Like running 26.2 miles solo, knowing that people are not going to be cheering you along the course, yep. let alone water stations and mm-hmm. bathroom stations along yep. the way. Yep. Like that's that's an issue like you've got a whole lot to think about of whether you're still going to do it but continuing to have variety in your training plan is the best way for your training whether there's a race or not having variety in your training is key Mm -hmm. for sure and I think that it doesn't just have to be a 26.2 either like I chose to continue my training plan even though my race got canceled and my race was a half marathon and when I when it came to half marathon day I decided I was going to run it and I wasn't sure if I was going to race it I woke up that day kind of saying all right well I know I'm going to run 13.1 today but I don't know how fast I'm going to do it like if I'm feeling good I'm going to go for it and if not then I'm just going to run it and unfortunately I was not feeling great that day like and so I was happy and thankful that I was not in fact racing that weekend but I was still very happy that I got the distance in right and I mean there's a whole mental aspect of like did you go out into that race thinking well it's not my race like did you head out with a no little my bit legs of... were led but was there a mental aspect of that that you were a little bit disappointed that it wasn't an actual race Maybe. and so your body kind of rebelled against you a little bit well and i think there was also a fueling issue like if it was a race i think i would have fueled a lot differently in the days leading up to it mm-hmm. you know i would have fueled differently that morning alone like there obviously would have been water stops in the race which it, it ended up being a pretty warm morning and i was definitely dehydrated by the end of it i definitely did not fuel the way i would for our regular race yeah i mean you took out some stuff like we didn't head to a store and get right. stuff. i didn't like, get like the normal race fuel or anything like exactly. that like I, I had some stuff in the cabinet and it wasn't even my normal stuff and i was like all right this will this will do but like i i did treat it more of a long run versus a race right and but you've had races before when you uh, ran that race out in California in wine mm-hmm. country that you really had a very laid back at- attitude towards it about like, hey, I'm not going into this thing for a PR. Let's right. just see how I feel that day. And you almost PR'd on Right, that but day. it was still a race. Yes. And, and there's something to be said about that race atmosphere for sure. You know, like everyone that's surrounding you all running a race, like that makes a big difference versus like you out there by yourself or you out there with one other person. Like, thankfully, I had someone to run with otherwise I don't even know if I would have done the whole 13.1 the way that I was feeling but I it's one of those things where you just kind of have to see what happens yeah but um regardless of whether you're you're planning on running the race or you know attempting to run the race or there's a virtual race or whatever it is still maintaining some variety in the training plan is going to be best for your overall training oh totally um and and lack of boredom too yeah and then lack of boredom um but there's the other way of looking at it. Maybe your race got canceled and you can just completely pivot and go a totally new route. Yeah. Like so many people are simply trying to run a race. Like they train for their eight to 12 week block and then they float and find another race and then they lock in and they train for that next like eight to 12 weeks. And they just do this without a race. You now have time to figure out what is it that you actually want to do. Mm -hmm. Like you can actually take the time and figure out like what what gets me out the door? Why am I running? Mm-hmm. And there's probably another reason besides simply putting another race medal on the wall. Like as cool as that is, I love the the like the race medal display things. Very cool. But there's a something besides just I need to get another race medal that's getting you out the door. Now is a great time to do that because there's not a race on the schedule. Right. Because even if race medals and, you know, adding more bling is something that does motivate you and it is a real motivator for a lot of people. I talk to a lot of people that are just literally say, I run for the bling. I run for the medals. That's all I want. But it's not just the metal. Like you really don't run for just that piece of hardware mm-hmm. to hang up on your your metal hanger because there's something that that metal means to you. Like what does that metal signify? What does that metal mean? Like when you see it hanging on your wall, you get that inner sense of satisfaction. Like, yeah, I did that. Like look at all of those 
metals. I did that. Like, it's not just the metal itself. It's what that metal symbolizes. So what is that? And like, if your race gets canceled, it is a good time for you to just take a step back and try to figure out what that is. Like, what is the reason that you're running these races? What does that bling, that metal mean for you? What does it symbolize? And what do you want to do with your running? Do you want to just keep chasing medals? And if you do, then why? And if you don't want to keep chasing medals, maybe you want to hit time goals or maybe you want to go a longer distance. If you've just been running 5Ks or 10Ks, maybe you want to try your first half. Maybe you want to try your first marathon. Like, what is it that you kind of want to do? Because I think a lot of people just jump from race to race and they don't always look at the long-term plan. Right. I mean, this is one of the things we were saying a little bit earlier is they just look at the next race on the schedule without really pulling back and being Mm like, all right, if I had time and I didn't like have this race and then, well, my friend's doing that race and I want to do it with her. And then, well, my other friend's doing that race and it's for a really good charity. And I believe in that one. So I've got to put that one. What if you had time to just actually pick out what you really want? Mm -hmm. Like, What's what's that burning desire about? Man, it'd be amazing if I could do that. Right. You got time now. Mm-hmm. Like there's not another race in the schedule that could distract you. Right. Have you ever thought about maybe trying out some trail running? Have you ever thought about like running longer distances? Like have you thought about maybe adding in speed work that you've never done before? Like what is it that maybe just you're curious about have you ever tried racing for something shorter Mm -hmm. like there's a bunch of people who go from like one half marathon to the next half marathon or from marathon to marathon when's the last time they trained for something like a 5k well and we actually had one of our challenge participants like last last week we ran our five-day running challenge and one of our participants normally goes out and runs like ultra marathons through mountains and he decided that he was going to do a a virtual 5k road race because it was something completely out of his comfort zone right which is just it's super crazy Mm because a lot of people like it's a 5k that'd be super easy to do right like you can (laughs) run uh, 20 miles through the mountains like of course you can run a 5k but like a road race 5k is something totally different right i mean that was like (laughs) and for anybody who followed was that on facebook that you put this up where i was trying to Mm -hmm. race a two mile as fast as i could oh yeah that was in our tribe yeah super painful yeah (laughs) um like i can run for a long long time but when you take that distance and you pull it back and you pull it back and you pull it back it's like well how fast could you go if it was only one mile Mm -hmm. like yeah sure you can run 20 but how fast could you do it if it was only one yeah it was it uh, hurts yeah like it there's, hurts, man. And it's a different pain. It's a different pain. Than that dull ache that just keeps building on you right. and building on you and building on you in a yep. long race. Speed work is a totally different it's a animal. totally different pain. Yep. Um, it was one of the really interesting storylines out of the um, U.S. Olympic trials on the men's side mm-hmm. is there was an ultra marathoner, young guy, like upper 20s, who went straight from like collegiate running to being one of the best ultra runners in the world. Really? He skipped marathoning. Hmm. He never road raced. He went right from being like a college like runner. Track into trails. Yeah, track and cross country. Yeah. And then leapt and was suddenly doing 50s and 100s and 100Ks and oh, like wow. super high mileage. And he's such a phenomenal uh, hill runner and mountain runner and especially downhill runner mm. that he can destroy people over 50s and over 100 miles. It was literally the first marathon that he was going to race. He qualified for the trials with a half marathon time, actually. Oh, you did tell me about him. He had never run a marathon. Uh He'd run, he'd raced 50 miles, but he'd never run a a full, let alone a full where he'd be running on roads the entire time. Yes. So it was very interesting to see, like, how's he going to play this thing? Is he going to hang out in the pack? Is he going to try and, like, push the pace? Mm -hmm. It was one of the really interesting storylines coming to this thing. And, I mean, he ran a very respectable time finished i think top 15 in the race overall okay it was but it was something that was out of his comfort zone we're all out of our comfort zone right now yeah so what do you want to do in this time do you just want to sit here and be like i don't know what to do everything's crazy or do you want to actually stop and pause for a second and be like what new thing could i do mm-hmm. like If everything already just got turned upside down and you don't have the next thing on the schedule, that means that you can make the next thing on the schedule 
anything you want. Mm -hmm. Like you're not training to run your fastest blank race because that's what's on the schedule. That's what the local road racing circuit has lined up for you. Like we're here in South Florida, all the long races disappear. There's a couple of five K's over the summer. Mm -hmm. That's what we've got. Yeah. It's April right now. So this is the end of our racing season anyway. That's it. It, it, You can maybe now (laughs) it's hot. You can, you can find five K's at best. Like there's nothing longer than a five K because people would be dropping like flies. Mm -hmm. And so that's all that you've got. But if there's no races at all, not even a 5K, you could train for anything. Mm-hmm. That's why I put, I tried the two mile. Like, how fast could I go for two? I wonder how fast I could go for one. Like, there's a Oof. stretch of a path by our house that is a one mile straightaway. Yeah. How fast could I do that? That'd be an interesting thing to see. But I would have to completely change my training. Mm-hmm. What if I went the other direction? What happens if I just keep running? How far could I go? Mm. Like it opens up so much possibilities because there's not a race. Because there's no timeline then. There's no timeline. Yeah. And this is the thing is that there never was a timeline. You just think that there is. Mm. There's no timeline. And there's no like, oh, well, if I don't succeed at this race, then I'm a giant failure. No, you're not. Because there's no timeline. That's not the end of the journey. It's just another race on there if you take the races off suddenly it changes this whole like ooh, well i have to be this fast by this point otherwise no you don't because there's no races all possibilities are there all of them are open pick any path you want and go for it it's going to be phenomenal i wish you guys could see him right now like he's so animated and so passionate and it's just so beautiful i love watching it when you get like this and i just love what you just said there like there, you said there's no timeline, but there never was. No, there wasn't. There wasn't a timeline. Yeah. And people put this arbitrary timeline of like, oh, well, I have to get this fast by this certain time. And well, in order to qualify for Boston, there's a window that you have to qualify within. So I have to be this fast and I'm, I'm getting older, so I'm getting slower. Okay. But if you wait another year, you add an extra five minutes to your qualifying window. <laughs> right. like, there, there is no timeline. Yeah. These are all arbitrary numbers that are thrown at me. Shoot. Even that qualifying time is an arbitrary number that somebody else put out there. Right. Find something that brings actual passion to you, mm-hmm. like real passion, something that really stirs the fire up inside. Stop playing small. Stop being like, oh, I wonder if I could break 30 minutes in a 5K. If your PR is 30-30, don't wonder if you can break 30 minutes in a 5K. You can. You you can do it. You're already there. <laughs> like, make it something bigger. You know, oh, I've I've never even run a full mile. I wonder if I could run a mile. Really? I wonder if you could run a 5K. Mm-hmm. Like, pick something bigger. Like, there is so much up in the air right now. Now is not the time to pick up small goals. Now is the time to be like, look, how big can I go? What do I really want? Mm-hmm. That's what that's the world we're living in right now. Right. And if you find that, I shouldn't say if you find that, I said when you find when that. When you find it. Because ultimately it is going deeper. It's it's trying to see that bigger picture. It's going into those areas that you might feel uncomfortable exploring and this is a good super uncomfortable i feel super uncomfortable exploring all of those areas but the problem is (laughs) a lot of people feel super uncomfortable in lots of other areas of their life right now and so they don't want to add one more source of discomfort by trying to figure out something what they want to do with their running they just want to follow a plan yeah sure because the structure is is important and i think that this is also something that's very important for us to talk about now too is like okay I totally agree with everything Kevin just said. Like, I think that this is a great time to kind of reevaluate, figure out your why, figure out your bigger goals, experiment with things that you weren't able to do before or that you told yourself that you weren't able to do before because ultimately, like Kevin said, it is your choice. It's your running journey. All of this is up to you. It doesn't matter if you work with a coach, if you work with yourself, it's still your journey. Your coaches are just there to guide you along your journey to your best self, to your best running self. And that's what we tell our clients. Like, we're not here to tell you what to do. We're not here to determine your next goal. That's your job. You need to figure out what you want, and then we will help light the path for you along the way. Well, yeah, I mean, I hate to make Star Wars references in every podcast. No, you don't. You love making (laughs) Star Wars references, just like I love making Frozen references. Just such a a softball toss-up right there. (laughs) But 
when Yoda's talking to Luke and Luke's like, I need to, like, what do I do? How do I become a Jedi? And Yoda looks at him, he's like, well, you have to face Vader. Like, that's what you have to do. Mm -hmm. Yoda can't go with him on the journey. He's off in Dagobah and doing his own thing, hanging out in a swamp and doing Mm -hmm. whatnot. The path is for Luke to go. Yoda can do all this training and they're all, you know, floating rocks and stuff in the swamp and everything. But Luke has to actually take the trip and face Vader himself. Mm -hmm. And he's got this training. He's got this guide. But he needs to actually go do it. Yeah. Exactly. And so he's the one that's responsible for that action, just like we are all responsible for our own running journey and for the actual race. Like it doesn't matter how prepared you are for the race. If on on race day, it's still up to you. Like you could be 100% the best preparation. Your training cycle went perfect. You hit every single workout and race day could still be a complete disaster or race day, or maybe your training plan was a disaster. Maybe you missed cycles, you missed workouts, you missed things, you got sick. And then for some reason you just feel amazing on race day and you crush your race. Like sometimes there's not and a good explanation for it. <laughs> yeah, it'd be nice if there was a good science explanation for everything. Yeah. But I mean, we've got kids on our cross country team that it just doesn't matter yeah. how the year went when they show up and tow the line at the state cross country meet. They just bring it at a yeah. whole nother level totally because different. of what the race is, mm-hmm. that they're just able to tap into something else that, that we have not seen all year. Right, exactly. So where are you right now on this running journey? Like, do you feel like you have, have it all? figured out do you have a plan that you have 100% faith in are you integrating your speed work your long runs do you know what it's like to have a down cycle to have like that maintenance and kind of be able to play around with speed like if you do that is fantastic and that's what you should be doing like play around have some fun experiment have some fun right like running is supposed to be fun running is supposed to be something that brings us joy it's supposed to be something that challenges us to become better like not only just faster not only just run longer but just to be better human beings better people and it allows us like to it proves to us that we can do hard things that we can rise up to the challenge and let's face it life is throwing a lot of challenges at us right now and as a runner you've already proven to yourself that you can rise to the top that you can come up and you can meet those challenges head on and you're not going to back down you're not going to just take the easy way out because running is not the easy way out. No, no. Running is never the easy way out. And if you've really raced a race, you've been up against it. You've been up against it where your body is screaming at you and you scream back, nope, not done yet. We're still going. No, we are still going. I I am not at the finish line. This is still the pace and this is what we're doing. Exactly. that mentality that you gain from workouts and from races and from long runs, you can bring that to the other areas of your life Mm -hmm. where it's like, ooh, I don't know if I can do that. Sure you can. It's hard. You do hard things. That's what you do. You're a runner. Exactly. And so if you've got it all figured out, fantastic. Have fun. Experiment. Now is the time to do it. Test your limits. See what you're capable of. If you may, maybe don't have it all figured out. Maybe you don't know exactly how to structure your training plan. Maybe you want to add in some strength training but you're just not sure what to do maybe you want to add in some speed work but again you're just not sure what to do or how fast you should be pushing it or how often we have a solution for you because we know what it's what it feels like to be overwhelmed we know what it feels like at least I know what it feels like I mean this guy here is my coach but like I know what it feels like to like want to achieve something to have goals but not be exactly sure how to get there and I'll be like Kevin can you please make me a plan to do this and he'll be like okay and then he'll look at me and say Angie something's starting to hurt can you please give me some exercises to treat this and I'll say okay and so we both put our expertise together and we created training plans for real life runners for people like you that have real lives that want to train that want to challenge yourself that want to see what you're truly capable of but you need structure you need a plan that works like it's not just some you know ho-hum random thing that that somebody put down on paper or that you downloaded off the internet these are training plans that work because they integrate the strength training the long runs the 
speed work, the easy days, the recovery, the nutrition, like all of it is integrated into your plan. Plus it's got lessons on, on mindset that actually makes you into not just a better runner, but a better person that helps you integrate and, and change your mindset so that when you show up at the starting line, it's not just that you were able to get in however many hundreds of miles of preparation for that race, but you show up with confidence at the starting line. That you don't show up at the starting line timid and afraid of the race. Mm-hmm. You show up with confidence that you are prepared to do the best that you can do on that race. Mm-hmm. That you're going to cross the finish line smiling. That is what, I mean, this is what I'm so excited about this thing is because when I crossed the finish line in Jacksonville in literally agonizing pain, <laughs> I was grinning and it was weird because I did not run my fastest, but I ran my most satisfying race. And that's what I want to help other people get to mm-hmm. is race with satisfaction, race with joy, race with love. And yes, we all want to hit PRs and PRs are great. Everybody loves racing fast, but wouldn't you rather race with satisfaction? Yeah. Wouldn't you rather race knowing that that's the best that you had on that given day and also see it as a step along your journey, that this is not the be all end all, that this is just one step and that you've got so much more ahead of you. And if that sounds like something that you're interested in, head over to yourrunningplan.com to sign up for our Real Life Runners Training Academy. Again, we are just open this week. We're closing the doors on April 3rd. So you have to sign up this week if you want to get in all of these benefits that we're telling you about. We have audio lessons and video lessons teaching you the seven pillars of becoming a real life runner. We have a full library of training plans for wherever you are on your running journey. If you're a new runner, if you're a seasoned runner, anywhere in between, we have plans to help you to unlock your true potential and achieve your goals. So head over to yourrunningplan.com and sign up today for our Real Life Runners Training Academy. Again, you guys can probably hear how passionate we are because we have solved this problem for ourselves and we've helped other people to solve this problem as well. And now we want to help you. So we hope that you'll join us and go over to, again, yourrunningplan.com today to sign up. Thank you as always for joining us and for listening. We appreciate you so much. This has been the Real Life Runners podcast, episode number 134. Now get out there and run your life.